Hello, this is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we've got a very exciting episode. On Mars, they found green men. Well, maybe not men, but maybe minerals. How to start a rock collection, Afton Canyon, Spiri Wash, and so much more. I was looking at radical rocks. There were fossils, minerals, and rocks and things. There were sand, hills, and rings. The first thing I found was a geocrystals. Quartz with no clouds. Agate was hot and the ground was hard. But the gems were there to be found. See, I've been through the desert, found a rock with no name. Felt good to have in my hand In the desert You can find lots of rocks Cause radical rocks are everywhere That's right, radical rocks are everywhere And today we've got a whole bunch of them to talk about Really cool ones um, We've got green minerals on Mars We've got a huge dino found in Europe That's just unbelievable um, Clear Creek areas, gemstones and minerals, Spiri Wash, Afton Canyon, uh, purple gems, most valuable gems. We'll even tell you a little gold mining story if you want to hear about where the real gold mining discovery was in California. Might be not what you think. So let's get right into it, guys. Um, you can find us on all the social medias. We're on MeWe. Rumble, Parlor, Locals, Gitter, um, Facebook. Mostly we spend time on MeWe, Truth Social, and also my kitty cat is trying to knock over my computer. Also, we have YouTube videos and we're on Blogspot. So, all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, hoping to do a video this weekend on how to harden rocks and minerals. I know I've said that a bunch. But it looks like I may actually have a chance to do it. So let's see how that works out. I'm going to be using a, uh, a vacuum. I'll be doing it in a vacuum. So that might be something you might want to check out if you've ever wanted to harden um, rocks or minerals that are a little crumbly or soft. Uh, very popular with turquoise and other minerals. Also, sometimes it's good to do with um, crystal. Uh, chrysocolla that is not uh, got a lot of silicone silicon in it silica all right so let's get into it where are we lots of dino news too um really cool stuff a 30 million year old amphibious beaver fossil oldest ever found uh so they say and this is uh from ohio state university you can go to sciencedaily.com and find out about that but uh, I guess they don't find aquatic creatures like that too often. This is considered a burying rodent-type creature, uh, one of the oldest amphibious rodents in North America, they say. And um, so they're pretty excited about this. And they have found some in uh, France. Uh, this one was found in North America, I guess, and went to the Ohio State University um, department there for them to look at that and study it. So pretty exciting. Very uh, kind of a lengthy article if you want to go check that out uh, that's dated on the 24th. And again, that is the sciencedaily.com if you want to check that out. Um, next, a mega predator 
Fossils discovered from a giant sea monster that ruled the oceans 66 million years ago, so says the title here, a University of Bath, and you can check that out at sci, it's S-C-I, techdaily.com. Oh, man, a cat is just climbing up my leg with his claws. Ouch. Um, yeah, live, first time. That's the way we roll here, guys. <laughs> it's a, uh, the discovery is a monosaurus from Morocco, and this was an apex predator that hunted other marine reptiles, plesiosaurus, uh, sea turtles, and other monosaurs. And they have a fossil of it here, pretty big, uh, has huge flippers instead of legs, looks kind of like a Komodo dragon, they say. Man, this cat is just causing all kinds of problems right now. The teeth on this one were kind of worn and broken. Uh, this is often the case. These giants would attack other marine reptiles, chipping, grinding, and breaking their teeth to bite into their bones and tear them apart. Uh, this one was certainly something else. Could probably eat about four or five people, no problem. And very much like... Ow! Man, that cat just bit me. Um, very much like a killer whale. Cat's going crazy. He wants my attention. And let's move on. Okay. If we go to our friends uh, at the searchers... Gym and Mineral Society. They're located in Anaheim, California. They're telling us about a speaker, and they have this all the time. You can uh, join their club. It's only 25 35 bucks a year, and uh, probably more if you have a bigger family, but very affordable. Great group of folks over there. I haven't seen them in a long time, but they have uh, a speaker, Maxine Dearborn, who's going to be talking about Amber, the fest fantastic tree resin. They've got Dominic Republic Amber, which has all kinds of little specks and dots. They've got Baltic Amber with beetles and things like that, and then raw amber. Not only is she going to go over the many colors and varieties of, of amber, she's going to bring samples and um, teach you how to polish and take care of it. So that could be a really nice class. You want to See, uh, you want to sign up for this because they have a lot of good speakers all the time. Now, one of the things that we had talked about, they went on a trip to the Clear Creek area, Clear Creek Management area, and this area has over 150 precious minerals and gemstones. So they went there. There's a lot of serpentine, um, and at that, there's sites such as the Atlas Mine, John's Manville, both both of these are associated with the crystallite asbestos, which was really bad. You don't want to breathe this dust. But some of the minerals that are found along with this big serpentine mass are cinnabar, uh, chromite, magnesite, jadeite, which you know is really cool. Um, and there also is a private mine located within the serpentine mass, which is the only source of gym grade bentonite in the world. They have a fee dig if you want to check that out. There's a lot of links on this. They're going, um, they've already gone, but this is just something you want to look at. These clubs have some fantastic trips. They, they have a link for where you would get the fee. They tell you how much that they would cost. It's only like five or six dollars 
uh, for fees and things like that. They've got directions here on where to go, what road, everything. Very, very neat. Um, they've got some uh, tumbled plasma here. This cat is driving me crazy. They tell you what tools to bring. They're having a pot luck. Some of these minerals are really fantastic. Like I said, there is serpentinite, blue schist, schist, quartz, plasma agate, many other minerals. Plasma agate may contain quartz, cinnabar, and other minerals given a variety of colors. Also, you want to be careful because of that asbestos. I would say, you know, a mask would not be a bad idea in this area. Um, there's links for the Asbestos Mountain in the Clear Creek, San Benito County area. There's a link for that. There's a link for other minerals found in San Benito. Some of those would be um, where you can search with an ultraviolet light. Um, that that would be cool. There's blue schist, serpentinite. Um, they found while exploring this one area here with a green ultraviolet light, chromium garnet. Um, purple camerite, a chromium um, clinochlor, I'm probably saying that wrong, and colungite. They also found a small quantity of bentonite in the stream beds, and they found green andrite garnets. Wow. They've got photos below, all kinds of stuff to be seen and to be found. They have their field trip schedules. They're going to go to Rainbow Le uh, Ledge in February. Going to go to the Early Man site in January. In December, they're going to check out the Orbicular Rhyolite, uh, which is out in the CERN Valley. Uh, I've collected some of that. That was one of the first rocks I kind of went out and just collected on my own intentionally. Uh, Afton Canyon's coming up. Spiri Wash Clear Lake is already gone. But they tell you how to get there. Spiri Wash. This is really a great spot. It's in the Kingston Mountains. They're going to be looking for uh, quartz crystals, floats, uh, things like that. If you want to get some of the good stuff, you want to bring your eye protection, gloves, rocks, chisels, things like that. The float is good too. There's agate, jasper, petrified wood. Um, again, there's hard rock mining for jasper and all kinds of goodies like that. So you want to check that out. These, these are trips you want to go on, you know. Um, you got to find a state near you, find these dig spots, and uh, go check it out. Afton Canyon, that one's happening November 12th and 13th. And um, the leader there is John O'Connor. He's He's been on many, many trips. He's going to be able to help you out if you wanted to go to this. And um, again, there's all kinds of great things. There's all kinds of agates and minerals there's jaspers. Uh, there's even some fossils I found out there. I've been to Afton Canyon many times. Uh, really a great place to go. You got to check this out. Join a rock club uh, and mineral club. Support them. Okay, let's see. Ooh, that's a good article. Okay, birthstone for this month because we are looking at uh, this is going to be here in about uh, two or three hours. It is going to be uh, uh, September, and the gemstone for September is sapphire. So 
We did talk about this story a week or two ago, but a 2.5 million carat sapphire cluster was discovered by accident in a gem trader's backyard. Wow. TheDailyBeast.com tells us uh, by Barbie Letaza Nadiu that uh, she's got a picture of a beautiful, huge uh, sapphire there, beautiful blue, and said this extraordinary discovery was made when a well was drilled. Workers found a 2.5 million carat sapphire cluster weighing more than a thousand pounds. They feel it's going to be worth more than a million, a hundred million dollars. So this is just something else to be seen. Beautiful, the purest, pinkest diamonds to go on the hammer. At breakingnews.ie, we are told here that this beautiful, and there's a picture of it here, the Williamson Pink Star has a potential to set a new per carat price record for fancy vivid pink diamonds on October 5th in Hong Kong. Uh, Ellie... Irozo tells us that this baby is expected to, to, because it's so dark, dark, vivid pink, and it's so perfect, it's expected to sell for more than $21 million. This isn't like a, a you know, a 500 carat. It's an 11.15 carat cushion-shaped stone. Definitely the largest, flawless, fancy, vivid pink ever to appear at auction and could set a new per price carat record uh, at auction, so says uh, Sotheby's representative there. Massive dinosaur fossil found in a backyard. This baby was 82 feet long, they say, uh, total length of it. They found huge bones from this thing. Portuguese and Spanish Paleontologists continue to unearth the remains of this potentially 82-foot-long seropod dinosaur. The research team says it could be the largest dinosaur skeleton ever found in Europe. You go to foxweather.com. Uh, Emily Speck has told us about this. She's got some cool pictures. They've got the rib cage open there. This thing is immense. And I don't know if it's something they're coding it with. I mean, it looks like the ribs are almost red, like there's... Like there's blood in them or something. Um, they don't say anything about that, of course. But, uh, yeah, this thing was uh, partially discovered in 2017, but now they've really started to dig this thing up and see what's in it, what's going on. And, I mean, these bones are enormous. They're longer They're longer than you or I standing up, okay? And even if you're the basketball player that's uh, seven, eight feet tall, they're still bigger than you, these ribs. And this thing was ginormous. And they are digging this thing apart so carefully, so meticulously that they've got a picture of someone actually working with like a little dremel to clean it apart. Um, this is a big deal to them. They've, they've never found anything like this before. They're very excited and uh, they are going to just be so meticulous on that. Really cool. Awesome. All right, Mars. Well, uh, you know, Mars, uh, there's a lot of articles on Mars. They, they're they always talking about these uh, rocks that they claim are water-washed. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Also, they're also talking about, uh, you know, they've got all this water. They think there's signs of water, but they haven't found any yet. Actual water, that is. But now they found something really cool. I kind of teased you in the beginning. I said Mars has little green men. Well, minerals, not men. And what kind of mineral is it? 
Well, olivine, we've talked about that a lot. So Mars is not just red. NASA rover finds traces of green sand on Mars. Uh, Monit Kahana tells us at the indiatimes.com all about it. They've got some pictures of the areas highlighted in green and brown and even purple the kind of show where they're sensing this uh, and the rover has analyzed it and said that it is grains of olivine on the Martian surface and some actual green areas are spotted there. So pretty cool. Um, it comes from a report. They're quoting a report on Tweaktown, wherever the heck that is. But they have discovered grains of olivine on the Martian surface, resulting in some green areas and otherwise endless red Martian sand. When Perseverance first arrived on Mars' Jezero crater, researchers had expected to find numerous minerals of red shade, but it has only shared the most unexpected of discoveries. The fact that Mars had liquid water, air, and even a magnetic field similar to that of Earth are some of the things that uh, they're trying to prove and believe happened. Um, pretty neat. They also expected the crater to possess, uh, possess sedimentary rocks, um, but they found a lot of volcanic rocks instead and uh, other rocks. So pretty neat. They're trying to figure out about the origins of these rocks and just continuing to study this. Of course, they're looking for the organics to give uh, signs that Mars was watery and not always such a uh, uh, hostile place, but more hospitable place where life could have once existed. That's what they're hoping to find. Okay, um, what should we do? Okay, how about 20 rarest? I got some really cool stories. Very Perry is about purple rocks, how to start a rock collection. Let's talk about that. How to start a rock collection at the uh, Beacon Senior news.com we're told by scott warren here there's a beautiful picture of something that looks like cord oh it's citrine with uh, orange tips real pretty um, they tell us that if you want to collect rocks and minerals this could be very rewarding if you're a beginner here's some tips um, do the research you know we talk about research we talked about how to do the research in your area you can buy maps. You can look at around old mines. Be careful. Don't go in tunnels or anything like that. I don't want you to get killed. Um, you can go to dig sites. You can go to the museum and see what kind of rocks and minerals are found. You can just walk. Um, I've done some videos where we just walked in an area and tried to find some little area. And, you know, we didn't find anything super exciting. But yet just the geology of some of the common rocks. We found some red okra which is used to make red paint and things like that. Um, we found some other interesting formations. These things are there to learn from and, and to, um, to get familiar with, and they'll help you in your searches. And one time you'll find uh, something that is worth collecting. Now, they recommend you know, doing the research. I've told you about Mindat.com. That's a great website. Um, or maybe it's Mindat.org. I forget. But Mindat, uh, as in data, that's a great one. Um, join a club, right? I've been preaching that for a long time. Great way to join a club. There's uh, all sorts of uh, mineralogical societies. There's the American Mineralogical Society. There's the Federal Federal Federalist Mineralogical Society. I forget the exact names, but you can look them up. 
and find one near you. So now you want to get the tools, okay? So you have to have a geologist hammer, okay? Uh, a sledgehammer and some chisels are good. Buckets, work gloves, definitely eye protection. When you're chipping those rocks apart, those rocks can hit you so hard. I've had them sink into my skin and had to dig them out. So just imagine something like that hitting your eye or your glasses, right? Break that glass and go right in your eye. So be sure and wear safety glasses. I mean, it's, it's no fun if you get a serious injury. Then uh, good boots are good. You know, bring a lot of water, safety gear. Um, you know, watch out for snakes, watch out for poisonous insects. I mean, there's a whole list of safety things you need to go over. Catalog your collection. Um, you know, I take notes of what I find. Now with Google Earth, it's very easy to give yourself a uh, range. You can get the um, uh, both the longitude and latitude. And now you know approximately right where that was. You record that with your finding. Um, if it's something really good, don't tell anybody. <laughs> but catalog it. Um, if you buy something, you know, if you find it near a mine, it's good to know actually what level the mine it came from was it was it float was it down in the mine if you go into a mine where you're allowed to collect um keeping the labels i've made labels i don't know if i've ever showed you guys how i do that um i use the uh word print i think it is it's it's a microsoft program and uh, I make little uh, cards for my rocks and minerals and put as much information on there as I have. Good reference book, resources, and publications are easily acquired. You can just check them out on the library. Learn how to properly trim and display your collection. Um, yeah, you know, I went collecting uh, rubies up in uh, Mount Baldy. I did a video on that. And they're purple rubies. There's also red ones, too. And um, sometimes, you know, you've got to kind of crack those open a little bit to get uh, them to display a little better or get like a dental tool and pick away some of the um, host stone or the pegmatite so you can display the little gemstone better. So that's something you want to do. Also, you need to make sure that you have enough room. You know, there's no use collecting uh, tons and tons of stones that you have to keep away and, and never be able to see them. So, um, or you can put them in drawers where you can pull them out and look at them. You know, that's, that's probably a good way to do it. If you're going to have what they call thumbnails, those are the smaller, more affordable, uh, samples. They're usually smaller than a dime and, uh, the box is about the size of a nickel and a little tiny plastic box. Those are very affordable way to get a good big collection of minerals. And then from that, you can find the ones that are your favorite and try to focus on more desirable, bigger uh, pieces from that point on. Um, develop relationships. Again, you know, these people who are in these clubs, you know, if you are a nice person and, um, you know, you are humble, uh, these people in these clubs are very eager to teach and may share some special spots and, and give you information to be able to go find some really cool pieces for your collection. So, uh, Scott Warren is with the Grand Junction Gym and Mineral Club, and uh, he is credited on the bottom here. So you can look him up if you want to find out more about collecting rocks. Okay, the 20 rarest crystals and gemstones in the world at uh, Lux, Lux Tick. It's L U X 
A-T-I-C.com, Valerie Lanona tells us all about these super precious gemstones. Uh, of course, as you go down the list, there's some of the ones that are quite uh, common. Um, let's see here. Uh, a sapphire, a beautiful orange sapphire. It's Pad Paradise. And uh, I'm probably saying that wrong. It's a pinkish orange, unlike any other gemstone. It is quite beautiful. They were found all the way back in the Middle Ages, and um, it's a very vibrant color, and I would imagine they're very expensive. Now there's amylite, which is an ammonite that has kind of uh, taken on what looks like a opalization. This just became uh, Canada's uh, gemstone, I believe, or up in that area, northern northern area. It, it can be found in the Rocky Mountains, but uh, it's beautiful. Fossilized sea creatures of sea organisms that are at least uh, quite, quite old. They show vivid iridescent hues of blue, reds, yellows, golds, uh, greens. It, they're quite spectacular. And they can be very, very expensive, even more expensive than diamonds. Um, jadeite. Jadeite is quite beautiful, um, very desirable. This uh, has been uh, quite popular all over the world, especially uh, Chinese, Mayan, uh, Mayan, and other cultures love them. Some jade can be extremely expensive and even cost up to $20,000 per carat for especially beautiful jadeite. Um, very high quality. Pezzoteite. This is pink and orange gemstone. Um, brand new occurrence, it says here. Found about 2002 in Madagascar. And uh, it was named after a geologist, uh, mineralogist. Uh, there's a mouthful. And he found these granite pegmatites and found this pezoatite, which is raspberry to rosy in appearance. Uh, first, it was believed to be a burl or a morganite, but uh, they found out that actually it is a novel mineral variation with a trigonal crystal structure and composition that diverged from that of burl by containing cesium uh, and lithium. Very rare gemstones. Um, very, very expensive. Uh, Muscovite. We've talked about this before. Muscovite is uh, really pretty. Uh, it's kind of a blackish to purple color. Found in uh, Greenland, Madagascar, Sri Lanka, uh, Tanzanite. And uh, there's not a lot of it. And that is of gem quality. But it can sell for up to $35,000 for carat, uh, it has a trigonal structure with a dull sheen. Uh, it's kind of a translucent gem and uh, very, very rare. Uh, parabola tourmaline, we've talked about this beautiful blue tourmaline, very expensive. Can uh, pay, you can expect to pay up to $5,000 per carat for this tourmaline. Very beautiful. Uh, bentonite is, uh, or ben, bena, benite. To boy, I know I can say this right. It's B N I T O I T E B B 
Nito tight. Yeah, every the harder I try, the worse I do. These are a tri uh, triangle shaped crystals. Very rare. They're only found in one area. It's the official gemstone of California. It's it's found in Benonite County, so that should be Benonite is the name of the county, and uh, they do fluorescent. They are a beautiful dark blue. And uh, they are worth up to ten thousand or ten thousand dollars each for uh, a two carat stone that is cuttable. Red burl is uh, very expensive. You can find this in Utah. Very beautiful. It looks like a ruby, but it, it's a burl, more like a emerald family, and that can sell for ten thousand dollars a carat when it's in good condition. Um, Jerim Evjevite is a beautiful blue, one of the 20 rarest, most valuable, and tricky to pronounce gemstones. Uh, it says, oh, it's actually the J is your, your, ha, me, yavite. So there's the more proper pronunciation. It's found in Russia, um, and the hardness is between 6.5 and 7.5. Yeah, a stone with no fractures, uh, and, and really big uh, carrots is very, very rare, and uh, this can be worth a ton of money, especially when they're transparent. Uh, Laramar. Laramar is, uh, used to be pretty attainable, but they are starting to sell it by the gram now. Uh, it's found in the Dominican Republic. It is a special agate that formed under the ocean, and it looks like ocean blue water, really. It's quite beautiful. Um, and uh, it's getting more rare. A grand did grand it did right is a beautiful aqua blue, a little bit more on the green side. Um, this was found also in Madagascar, and... Um, very durable, very intense bright shades. Uh, the blue-green mineral has been discovered in a variety of locations around the globe, but only Madagascar and Sri Lanka have yielded gem-quality specimens. Up to 7.5 hardness, hexagonal lattice structure is uh, how the crystals form. Very beautiful. Painite. This is a orangish red. It is one of the world's most uncommon gems but also the world's rarest mineral for which it holds the Guinness Book of World Records. In 1951, only two specimens existed for the next several decades. Uh, one is in the British Museum, and um, there's only a few more. Now, um, they have found two mines in Miramar. There's still fewer than 1,000 unfaceted stones, so uh, much, much rarer than diamonds. The one carat is valued at $60,000. Cashmere sapphire, deep, dark, beautiful blue sapphire, stands alone among the sapphires, regarded as the world's prettiest and most coveted sapphire, and its name uh, implies privilege. So you got to have some bucks for this. became extremely scarce after the 1930s when the last of the Himalayan mines had been producing were closed down. Very expensive. Blue Garnet. Blue Garnet is amazing. I love this. It's found in uh, the Serengeti grasslands at the slopes of Mount Kilimanjaro. 
Uh, it's also uh, a renowned jewel in northeast Tanzania. The blue garnet is exceptionally rare, very beautiful, highly collectible. Um, they've been around since uh, BC area, BC time, and uh, they don't really say how much they are. Black opal, we know black opal can go up to $10,000 per carat. Uh, very beautiful, lightning ridge in, uh, in Australia, New South Wales, Australia. And uh, it's a beautiful opal with a black background and multiple colors uh, that play on the light so spectacularly. 180 gemstone, 180 carat gemstone uh, was valued at $763,000 in 2005, just to give you an idea of how valuable this uh, black opal can be. Uh, pound retiite. This is a beautiful pink gem that was discovered in Mogok and later found um, uh, to be a very rare gem before only small crystals on Mont Saint Hilaire, Quebec, Canada were found. Um, there's the, the family, the. Oops, I skipped ahead too far. Whoops. Oh, there we are. The uh, Pound, Pounderette family uh, had the only um, kind of hold on those. So it went for some $3,000 per carat because it has been found in Miramar now and uh, it's very pretty. Very pretty. Okay, uh, it does look kind of like amethyst color in a way, like a, but it's more pink, but it can be purple. All right, alexandrite, I've talked about this a lot. Alexandrite is very beautiful, many color changes. Of course, this is found in Russia and also uh, Brazil has some good supplies and also some comes out of, uh, I think, uh, India, Sri Lanka area. This can be varying colors. Um, uh, and has color changes. Some of them have two or three color changes that can go from iridescent green to blue to red to dark purple uh, in different types of light. The Royal Demantoid. This is a beautiful green gem that is a garnet family with chromium content and uh, is quite beautiful. It's uh, kind of a little bit... Uh, fragile. You have to be careful when cutting it. Tanzanite, of course, we know is purple to blue, found only in Tanzania. And then number one is Teafinite. Teafinite. I'm probably saying it wrong. It's T-A-A-F-F-E-I-T-E. Fiat. Teafinite. However you say it. Um, finding it was a fluke. An Australian-Irish gemologist, uh, Count Edward Charles, bought a package of what he thought was cheap spindles. He studied it, and he found one was richer than the others and didn't reflect light in the same way. So after further uh, examination, they found out that this was a totally new jewel. It can sell for up to $35,000 per carat because of its hexagonal crystal structure. It's only been discovered in Sri Lanka and and uh, Tanzania. There is a variety of colors that it's available in, um, depending on how much uh, uh, berlinium and magnesium are in it. There's believed that only 50 examples of this particular one uh, have ever been found. Most of the specimens are locked away in private collections or um, 
Geological Museum. So this is very this one they have is a pinkish purple, quite beautiful and uh, desirable. So we're almost to the gold mining story, but first I want to tell you about the purple gemstones. Okay. Purple gemstones. Let me get a swig of coffee here. Thanks for putting up with my cat, man. That little guy, I love him so much. He's so cute. But, uh, man, he was tearing me up, trying to knock stuff over. I don't know. He demands attention sometimes. Very Perry is a color of the year. This is kind of a commercial color um, of purple. But these agates, uh, some of them are naturally colored. It is. Uh, we find this on Rock and Jim, our friends at Rock and Jim, matching stones to Very Perry. Um, they have these agates that are cut in half. They are almost a fortification. Um, we've talked about these things before, but some of the top spots for that blue-violet shade of Very Perry, of course, are tanzan tanzanite, um, plum-colored star sapphires, lavender chalcedony, which is what they have pictures of, uh, especially the holly blue chalcedony, sugalite combined with uh, red Terratite, Tiffany stone, and Charorite. These are all beautiful purple stones. Um, that very desirable. Purple is the color of royalty, and Charorite is a rare silica mineral. Uh, it occurs in massive form, not as crystals. Uh, Charorite is named after the place of discovery, the Shara River and the Toko River in um, eastern Siberia and Russia. It is a singular deposit in the world. It's mostly opaque, highly, uh, if, it's, if it's, at best, it's highly translucent, and that would be a very rare, beautiful piece. Various shades of deep lilac, violet to purple color, a tribute to the coexistence of magnesium and iron. White and fibrous uh, asbestos is really what it is. Bands display silky, uh, cat's eye effect and pearly luster. I've never seen a cat's eye in uh, charorite. Uh, flower charorite is, uh, occurs with other minerals including cansite, carbonites, quartz, pale green, microcline, feldspar, dark green, black star-shaped sprays of uh, genian, agalites, raspberry red fedorite and golden uh, cat's eyes blades of tinicasite. Wow. That's what gives it its flowery pattern. Very distinct variety known as flower charorite. Uh, articulates a rich visual complex of mineral patterns that looks like a painter's brush strokes and could look like stems and crowns of flowers. Very beautiful. Um, especially when it has the bluish uh, violet hues, which are quite desirable. There's more information on on that. The uh, Mohs hardness is 5.6. You got to be careful. Sometimes that stuff can fall apart. Um, so take your time and, and and go slow. Tanzanite, of course, is beautiful purple gemstone, uh, which is actually um, found in Tanzanite or Tanzania. Um, I can't remember there's one other thing I was going to tell you about it. Uh, it's a type of uh, spinel, or is it zoisite? I can't remember anymore. Uh, 
losing my mind. Uh, Bear Trandite. This is a, a, a trade name, Tiffany Stone. It fluorescence. Um, it is a hydrous silica mined at the Topaz and Spore Mountains in Jerub County, Utah. Tiffany Stone was quite popular um, it, because of its purple color. Um, sometimes it can be soft around the edges where the purple kind of goes out to a white, but when it has a lot of uh, chalcedony in it and more, more fine-grained silica, it can be very hard, beautiful violet and cream tones with splashes of dark pink and red colors and druzy quartz pockets add to the rarity and the value. So this was quite popular a few years back. It's harder and harder to find now. Blue, Holly Blue Chalcedony. This is uh, the, the crystal, microcrystallines, small crystals of quartz, found near Holly, just four miles southwest of the town Home Sweet Home in Lynn County, Western Oregon. Uh, beautiful, deep blue to lavender. I've also seen uh, Chalcedony purple come out of Malawi area. Um, sometimes it occurs in outer layers of rhyolite. It can be um, kind of a, almost bitrudal where it is gel-like, held in high esteem by carvers for its distinct color and uniformity. Then finally, there's uh, sugalite, which is another purple mineral, and uh, it's found in the uh, Wessels Mine in Northern Cape Providence of South Africa and was first found by uh, a Japanese... Uh, man in 190 it says 1901 to 1948 the japanese name shugi s u g i is pronounced with a hard g such as in geese but the mineral is commonly pronounced with soft g such as gene mispronunciation has become the norm it is uh, only 5.5 to maybe 6.5 on the hardness scale and its colors range from lavender purple lavender pink lavender dark purple um and can be gel sugalite, which is the rarest. I've never seen it. Sounds sounds beautiful, um, but very beautiful and nice. Helen Saris Herman is attributed with this article. All right, now we're going to tell you a gold mining story. On January 24th, 1849, James Marshall plucked a gold nugget out of the American River while he was working with John Sutter to build a sawmill in Northern California, Sutter's Mill. And this was taught to me in school as the beginning of the gold rush. Is that true? Well, another area in California, and I've heard a couple stories of gold discoveries before the gold rush, but I think the difference from John Sutter's story was it created a gold rush that really never stopped. Um, yes, the you know the 49ers, they heard about that story, and that really set off the nation. Were there other stories? Yes. So on March 9th, 1842, in an area in California, the 5 Freeway goes over an area called uh, the Grapevine. The grapevine, when you're driving that, sometimes uh, accidents can happen. Sometimes the weather can change quite rapidly through there. That's where people <coughs> who live in Los Angeles County, San Gabriel County area, uh, can 
go uh, north. They go over the mountains there, the, the San Gabriel Mountains, and they get into the high desert. They can head on out to uh, Lancaster and um, then out to Kern County, Bakersfield area, and things like that. So this is as you go over those mountains and just before you start to drop down into the desert is the Piru Creek area. Also another area up there is a Fraser um, Fraser area where there's a lot of mining that was done there. But this is where it all started. San uh, San Felicino tributary of Piru Creek. So Francisco Lopez discovered gold about uh, a half a dozen years before gold was found at Sutter's Mill. He had actually studied mining, and uh, he wasn't just a, a dummy. He knew about minerals and mining, and he was looking. He had some cattle, and he looked in Piru Creek, which is now um, uh, Rancho San Francisco, a swath running about 22 miles from what is now Valencia to Piru. Piru Creek empties into the Santa Clara River, and he uh, owned this ranch and was mining there. So the story is, is he was looking for cattle, and he looked, uh, decided to rest under an oak tree in Live Oak Canyon. He saw some wild onions, and he pulled them out and noticed gold flakes sticking to the roots, and then that started uh, a little gold rush in that area. But uh, he obviously was trained. He knew what he was doing. He probably panned up and down the creek and uh, found this gold. By 1847, <coughs> his findings uh, were almost all mined out. Now, I've gone there. I found little nuggets up there in that creek. They've uh, pretty much stopped all mining up there. They have a, a Lockwood Dam at the bottom of, uh, I think it's Pyramid Lake, that they dump into Piru Creek now. And they have motorcycle riding all up in there. They, they're, it's okay for them to go up there, but boy, don't, don't get in the river, I guess. Maybe you can still pan. That's probably about it. But uh, this is a beautiful, uh, was once a beautiful area with small drought-resistant pine trees that don't get very big. Uh, they grow very, very slow. It is a, used to be a really nice area to go camp and, and gold mine, you know, pro, recreational prospect. So, guys, that's about it. I'm losing my voice. Until next time, remember, rock hounds don't die, they petrify.